Hey, and we are back with another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. Got a nice pre-Memorial Day podcast for you guys. Just going to catch up on some of the latest news and take some listener questions. Please search and subscribe for the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings on all podcast platforms. Rate us, review us, That anything like that helps. Um, let me introduce my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how are you? Drew, as always, you know how much I love being on your podcast, uh, coming on and sharing my wealth of knowledge and expertise with you and your listeners. And It's been a couple of weeks and I've been missing it, and I'm so glad to be back on, Drew, and I'm looking forward to talking about some big-time prospects and latest news uh, about Alabama athletics. And uh, How are you doing, Drew? I missed you, sir. I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm watching the SEC tournament at the Hoover Met on TV. Uh, you know, I follow your advice. I wouldn't go anywhere near there. But it's been about uh, it's been about three weeks since we last had a podcast. What what all have you been up to? Anything behind the scenes that our listeners need to know about? Well, I don't know if your listeners need to know about it or not. But I've been behind the scenes. A lot of coaching searches going around, not only at uh, at Alabama but around the country. But I, you know, I, I remember my roots through, and I, I help out with the coaching searches around here and. Uh, I've been helping out with a real prominent uh, high school football head coaching search uh, in the state of Alabama, and I'm not going to say what school, but it's Dallas County, and uh, uh, James LaVert's the new head coach over there. I think it's a great hire. Uh, I know he's going to do a great job for the city of Selma and uh, that county, and I think he'll do a great job with the football program, Drew, but that's one of the many things I've been involved in. I think I'll probably talk about some of them later on in the podcast, but uh, uh, that happened very recently, and I'm thrilled that we can talk about it uh, here on the podcast. Yeah, I know Dallas County's had their struggles in football, but it seems like this is going to be the hire to get them going in the right direction. But, uh, yeah, that's it's pretty big news in the high school football coaching world. I know May is a time where you know, you're going to have a few high school uh, coaching changes here and there. But let's talk about Alabama basketball. And there, There's been some big news over the past week. And first, the not-so-good news, and then we'll get to the what we think is the good news Mountain Brook star, five-star forward, Trendon Watford, commits to LSU. He announced for LSU on on Monday, and it looks like he's going to leave the state. There's been a lot of uh, big-time basketball players who have left the state. You know, Coach Avery Johnson did keep some big names in, like Kyra Lewis, John Petty, Alex Reese, those guys, Herbert Jones. But uh, Trendon Watford, just like his brother Christian, who went to Indiana, he's going to leave the state and not only go – outside the state but to an sec rival in lsu so uh you know there's a lot of uncertainty with will wade the coach suspended at the end of the year recently reinstated mark can you shed some light on what on, on why trendon watford picked lsu well first off coach wade uh, i've known him a long time he did a fantastic uh job recruiting trendon and trendon and uh uh, just talking to the Watford family, I talked about what a, what a fantastic coach Will Wade was going to be and how I honestly think he's going to be coached at LSU for another 30 or 40 years. The only way I see him leaving LSU really is if an NBA team comes after him. So uh, I think Will Wade's a fantastic coach and Trenton's a fantastic player. I think it's really a great fit for both of them. And uh, I know both of them are thrilled with the decision. Everybody in Alabama really should be happy for Trenton Watford and uh, uh, his future, and they should root for him going forward. All right. I had a chance to watch the live stream, Mark. Did, but did you go to Mountain Brook High School for the ceremony, or did you just follow it as well? 
I just followed it as well. Uh, I was on the phone with Mr. Watford a bit. That's why the uh, commitment was delayed a little bit. Uh, I don't think the commitment ceremony really started until 240 or 245. I was on the phone with Mr. Watford before that. and yeah, He just wanted to make sure that LSU was the right place, and I reassured him that it was. And uh, I assured him yes, and, and right after that, you saw Trenton commit. So uh, I did not attend the ceremony, if that was your question, Drew. Correct. So yeah, I, I tuned in at about two thirty, and I watched it, and I did see Mr. Watford on the phone. Was that with that was with you, or did you talk to him before that? Uh, that was that was with me. What I understand, I was on the phone with him for about uh, ten twenty minutes before the uh, commitment ceremony began. So uh, I mean, there might have been uh, some stock footage or something where he was uh, hit him on the phone from earlier and had him on the phone with somebody else at the time. But uh, before the commitment ceremony started, he was definitely on the phone with me. Okay, so. Trendon Watford, the 6'9 forward, commits to Alabama, or excuse me, commits to LSU over Memphis, Alabama, and Indiana were his other finalists. Now, uh, where did Alabama finish here? Were they the runner up? I honestly don't think Alabama was really in the picture. I'd say Alabama, uh, you know, he had four hats on the table. I think Alabama was a distant fourth behind the other three. Uh, frankly, I think that um, uh, it's too late of a start for Coach Oates to really get a. Uh, have a lot of impact and really get to know the family well, develop that relationship that we've always talked about on this podcast. It's so important to recruiting. So uh, he was really behind the eight ball a bit. Um, excuse me, Drew. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, talk Memphis and Indiana, I think Memphis had too much talent on the roster uh, for him. So I really think that Indiana finished second in the running. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, second, third, fourth, it really doesn't matter uh, because you didn't get Trenton Watford. All right. So we'll move on and talk about a player who Alabama did get. And we really haven't talked about this particular recruit on a podcast. Alabama announces the signing of JUCO All-American forward James Rojas from Hutchinson, Kansas Community College. And he was a guy who had signed with Buffalo under Coach Nate Oates. When Oates left Buffalo, he got his release. And Coach Oates and Coach Hodson, they thought that James Rojas was good enough to play in the SEC. So they have signed him and Alabama announced his signing and they apparently were able to keep this quiet for about a week or so before Trenton Watford made his announcement. Uh, Rojas, out of Jamestown, New York, what can you tell us about him and what he brings to the table? Well, he's out of the Hutchinson, Kansas Community College and the Jayhawk Conference. You usually think about the Jayhawk Conference talking about a big-time football player coming out of there. But uh, James Rojas is a fantastic basketball player, and I think he's going to be a, a, a big-time competitor in the SEC. You mentioned some of his stats. Averaging almost 20 a game, seven rebounds uh, 20, in the 26 minutes of contest. He's a, he's a fantastic shooter, Drew. He's really got a pure stroke. And I've been singing this guy's praises ever since he was in Jamestown, New York. And I'm so glad he's going to get the opportunity. You know, I wanted him to go. I thought he was good enough for a big-time program uh, when Buffalo offered him. It looked like he was going to Buffalo. But honestly, I thought he could do a little better than that. And uh, honestly, it's great for him that Coach Oates got the Alabama job. He's going to be able to show his stuff. Uh, in Alabama. He's really just a pure shooter, 80% free throw shooter. I know Alabama finished near the bottom of the SEC in free throw shooting last year, so he's going to be able to help out, help out with that. Uh, when I look at him play, Drew, and I look at the, the his fundamentals and, and the way he plays the game and approaches the game, and uh, you can tell he spends a lot of time in the gym working on his game. He reminds a lot of another guy out of the state of California. Uh, went out and, and traveled east to play college, and uh, uh, now I believe he's an analyst or something, but uh, of course I'm talking about Jay Billis. Do you remember Jay Billis, Drew? Yeah, are we talking about the Duke forward played in the early '80s, uh, drafted by the Dallas Mavericks? Didn't play a whole lot, but he's the same Jay Billis who has these pretty highly 
touted opinions on how every college athlete should be paid, that Jay Billis? Yeah, I believe he holds that opinion, Drew. Uh, you know, and honestly, I agree with him. Uh, at this point, it's uh, indentured servitude for these players. We can argue that they're getting an education and they're paying for that. But it was up to the players, you know, give them the choice. You know, give them a choice to go play professional basketball. If they want the the free education, they can get that. Or if they can go play professional basketball, they can do that as well. So, uh, you know, everyone talks about the great value that you get uh, from, from being a college athlete. But what you're doing is you're restricting your choices. You know, no. If I said to you, Drew, you can only work in this one industry. You don't have another choice. And then I said, Yeah, but look how much they're paying you, and look how well you're doing there, and look at your great benefits. But you can't go work anywhere else and apply your trade. Well, that'd be a pretty silly thing for me to say, Drew. So I think he's exactly right. We, uh, you, you know, these we need to start paying these college players uh, what they're worth and what their uh, market value would bring in. But uh, I'm a little off off uh, off kilter right there. I'm a little gone, a little rant, and I don't mean to change the subject. But uh, Jay Bills is exactly right about paying college basketball and college football players, Drew. All right. Well, so Alabama also added a football commitment on the day that Trendon Watford announced for LSU, and the, that announcement really seemed to overshadow the Crimson Tide getting a big-time football recruit. Tyu Jones-Bell, a receiver out of South Florida, four-star recruit, Alabama's had some really big success at getting guys out of South Florida, especially the receivers. When you look at Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Mark, what can you tell us about Tyu Jones Bell? Well, I like him a lot, Drew. He's a top 150 player in the country. He's a he's a possession receiver. Got some speed to him. I don't think you classify him as a him as a burner like Jalen Waddle, but he got some speed to him. Uh, I'm a little concerned about his route running ability. That's something he needs to improve on when he gets to, to college. But all in all, I think this is a good pickup for Alabama. I think he's a guy who can be able to contribute and be a solid player for four years. Uh, and when I look at him on film, I try to break him down and try to compare him to other players, you know. Uh, it takes a long time, but I kept coming back to a, a player out of McAdory, Alabama. Uh, played football at Alabama in the early 2000s of, or mid-2000s. And, of course, I'm talking Matt Cadell. Do you remember Matt Cadell, Drew? Yeah, I do. Uh, and he was a pretty highly ranked recruit as well when he came out, I believe it was in maybe 2003, that Matt Cadell. That's correct, Drew. That's, uh, and this turned out to be a coincidence, but uh, the, the recruiting services, you know, the, the those experts, quote-unquote, they uh they had both as top 150 players. I think that's where Matt Cadell and uh, Tyu Jones are. Tyu Jones Bell are. I think Tyu Jones Bell is, is, is maybe a little better player, or has, excuse me, has the potential to be a better player in college. But as seeing them right now in high school, I'm I'm looking at pretty similar guys, Drew. All right, yeah, Tyu Jones Bell is one of Alabama's better recruits right now. The Crimson Tide have. 17 verbal pledges in the 2020 class, ranked number two nationally behind Clemson, who has really signed some big players. Now, Mark, um, also watching some SEC baseball tournament action in in Hoover. Um, you didn't. You're, you're not at that event. You haven't been over to the Hoover Met, have you? Oh no, no, absolutely not. I stopped going to Hoover a long time ago. Okay. Well, uh, it's no secret now that Derek Jeter, you know, the, the former Yankees great shortstop now, I believe he's part of the ownership group with the Marlins and Jorge Posada. I don't really know what he's up to now, but obviously he was a very good Major League Baseball player as well. They were shown at the Hoover Met watching Vanderbilt and Auburn play yesterday, and uh, they looked like they were in somebody's suite. Did you have any connection with that, or were you were you aware that those guys were there? Cause yeah, it like Drew. A- you know, I, I just said I, I don't like bragging about my wealth too much on uh, on the podcast, but as you know, I'm a man of great means, 
And, uh, uh, you know, I've got, I don't go to Hoover anymore, but I've got that box just sitting there at the Hoover Met. So I figure somebody might as well use it. So I let, uh, Derek Jeter and, uh, uh, Jorge Posada use it today or yesterday, whenever it was they were there. Uh, so we ate at Logan's Roadhouse after the game in Bessemer because I don't want to go over to Hoover. Uh, had a great talk with Derek and Jorge. Uh, they talked about the Marlins, who they're going to pick. I think they're leaning towards J.J. Bleday from Vanderbilt. Uh, that's who they're there to see. And I think if he's there at four, if J.J. Bleday is available at four, then uh, the Marlins will pick him. But uh, they had a great time in, uh, in Bessemer at Logan's Roadhouse. Love the food there like I do. So uh, they had a great time. It was good seeing them. And uh, uh, I'm glad they're able to go to Hoover and stay safe. And that's always my first concern when I hear somebody's going to go to the SEC baseball tournament. Yeah, as far as you know, do they make it out of Hoover? Do they make it back home okay from, you know, back – did they, were they able to leave the 205 safely? Yeah, from what I understand, uh, you know, I, I didn't worry about them. But from what I understand, from when I talked to them at Logan's, they were not going to go back to Hoover. So, obviously, they're going to be very safe as long as they don't go uh, cross uh, the city limits again. Okay. We did get some questions related to Derek Jeter in the, the normal listener questions that we get. And before we get to those, Mark, why don't you just tell everybody how they can reach you on social media and through email? Well, Drew, we have so many great fans, and I and thank you guys for the millions of you who listen every week. Uh, well, sorry we didn't get to you last week, but the millions who listen to this podcast, thank you guys so much. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me. My Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. You can find me there. You can also email me if you would like. You can email me. My email address is markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. That's one word, M-A-R-K breaks down film that's b-r-e-a-k-s at aol.com so you can find me there you can find me on twitter either one's fine i love hearing from you guys i look forward to see what kind of fantastic questions we have this week all right we hear from gary lloyd on twitter mark thank you for bringing Derek jeter to alabama can you tell us what he liked best about the fine city of hoover that's how he phrases it talking about gary and what his impressions of the state of alabama were thanks for all you do well, I, I, honestly, I tried not to bring up Hoover too much. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know how to explain. It. I guess it's like, uh, uh, you know, the you're embarrassed about something. As a proud Alabama, obviously embarrassed of what's happened to Hoover. I didn't want to bring it up too much, so I didn't talk to him about that. But he had a great time in Alabama. I believe he loved. As I talked to him, Bessemer, he loved the Ro- Logan's Roadhouse. They had a great time, and I enjoyed uh, shopping it up with him and Mr. Posada. So I think they had a great time in Alabama. I don't think they're ready to relocate the Marlins to uh, Fairfield or anything, but uh, I think it, they had a great time. All right. Brian Ridgway, and he brings up uh, the big news that Alabama and the University of South Florida are going to be playing a future two-for-one deal. South Florida coming to Tuscaloosa for two games, Alabama playing in Tampa. This isn't going to be until years down the line, the next decade. And Brian asks, do you have any concern about our football team's safety when they travel to Tampa in the future to play USF? How does Tampa compare to Hoover, which Bryant uh, mentions as the most dangerous city in the world? Well, I think Tampa's a fantastic city. I think it's a fine, great American city. I, I've never had a problem. I love going to Tampa. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful scenery, beautiful downtown. 
Uh, I think Tampa's a wonderful place, Drew, and a fantastic airport, really, as well. Uh, but I would make sure to stay in Tampa. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cross the bay over into St. Petersburg. I don't think that's a very good area. I'm not going to say it's Hoover bad, uh, but I don't think it's worth risking anything to go uh, do any touristy things in St. Petersburg. So I would just stick. If you're going to go, I would just stay in the Tampa metropolitan area, that that city limit, and and not venture out anywhere in St. Petersburg. All right. We hear from Drogon's son. Ace underscore of underscore Cades. Mark, do you feel that the city of Hoover Police Department has been adequately staffed for the massive droves of people in town for the SEC baseball tournament? Do you believe that they made the efforts to increase efficiency? Well, again, you know, I haven't been to Hoover for the games, uh, and, and but I'm sure the city of Hoover Police Department is doing the best they can. Uh, but, you know, if you ask me, they're adequately staffed uh, to police Hoover uh, and the fans of the SC Baseball Tournament. I, I don't know if I can answer that question positively, you know. Uh, can, can the police department in Hoover ever be adequately staffed, you know? Can the, can the Los Angeles, was the Los Angeles Police Department adequately staffed for the riots in Watts? Like, I don't have the answer to that question. I don't think they were. And I don't think you can ever have an adequately staffed, quote-unquote, uh, police department in Hoover, so I'm sure they're doing the best they can. I'm sure they are, uh, it, it, you know, doing the best they can to their abilities and really serving the public as best they can. But, but honestly, I, I think it's a lost cause at this point. And, uh, uh, and I've certainly been pr- in my prayers this week. I'm praying for the people attending the SC baseball baseball tournament. I've also been praying for the 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 residents of Hoover and the police of Hoover to uh, that they would be safe as well. So I'm sending good thoughts their way. There's only three more days left in the SC tournament, I believe, after today, and uh, uh, everything's going to be gravy after that. All right, yes, we're recording this on Thursday night, so just three more days. The weather's been great, though. We hear from Jeffrey Birmingham, some Jeffrey, that's uh, Jeffrey with the G-E-O-F-F, Mark, what are your top 10 favorite moments of UAB football's return so far? How do you see them faring over the next few years? Where most likely will they land after the next conference alignment? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Well, I have, I think that's a fantastic question. I'd certainly love to answer that question, Jeffrey. Thank you. So, uh, uh, But unfortunately, I've been talked to being a, a consultant for the Uni- uh, University of Alabama Birmingham Athletics Department and and unfortunately, uh, I have been advised uh, not to speak more about it. Uh, you know, I've been I've been in touch with with the president of UAB, Dr. Watts, and and talking to him about a position there. And uh, but honestly, since that with those talks going on, uh, I can't uh, talk more about talk more about UAB, and I apologize for that. So uh, basically, as soon as the as soon as I they found out that I had sold my shares, or no part of longer part of the ownership group with the Iron uh, Doctor. Watts contacted me the next day. We've been in talks since to work with him. Nothing's been made official yet, obviously, uh, but you might be hearing something soon. But thank you for your question, Jeffrey. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, thank you for listening. All right, Daniel Hassenbein. Mark, my car's remote unlock key has recently had difficulty working. Sometimes it unlocks first try, and sometimes it takes a few pushes for it to work. Would you consider this to be a battery issue in the clicker or potentially something inside the car itself? Well, I mean, uh, first off, I guess my question is, it's pretty obvious to me, it's a battery issue. I guess my second question is, is how long does he, does he push the button? Do you think he pushed it like seven times? 
Uh, How many times do you have to push the button to realize that there's a probably a physical key you could use to open the car door? Yeah, like I I'm think- sitting. There, I, I I don't believe in having uh, fancy amenities on my vehicle. You know, uh, part of my great wealth is understanding assets and vehicles are depreciating assets. So I'm not certainly not going to spend money on depreciating assets like automobiles. But if you guys want to do that and be financially literate, uh, go ahead and do that. So, but if you want to have a remote unlock key. I mean, go ahead, but you know you do have a physical key you could use to get in the car. They they usually come with both. Drew, do you wear this? Yeah, uh, usually the clicker's on, on the actual key itself, Tori. That's how it is in my car. Yeah, you could use both. So I don't, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, my thoughts are. But the funny thing is going to be because you're going to go pay to get the battery fixed for your clicker, or you could just use the key and not have to pay for it. Yep. But that's just, that's just my financial advice for you guys. Take it or leave it. I'm the one that owns a golf course and and flies around the country uh, looking at big time prospects. So you guys do whatever you need to do. Uh, but good luck, good luck with your vehicle, Daniel. Thank you for your question. All right, All right we we finish up. Paul T. Graham has a couple of questions. The first one: Do you have a favorite for the Golden Spikes Award winner this year? That goes to the top player in college baseball. I do actually. We just talked about. It. I think it's JJ Blade. I think he's been fantastic in his third year. Uh, you know, he's talking about a guy who's been hitting over three sixty, got a slugging percentage over seven sixty, uh, getting on base at four seventy one clip almost half the time. Uh, it can hit with power. We're the twenty five home runs. We're talking about a five tool player here in JJ Blade, and and I believe that again, if he's available at four, the Marlins are going to draft him and. Uh, I think he's be a fantastic professional player, and I think he's the best player in college baseball. All right. Paul also asks, will you share the role you played behind the scenes in the hiring of your good friend Jawan Howard as the Michigan head men's basketball coach? Well, Drew, um, unfortunately, I, I have been uh, I am out of the loop with what goes on at Michigan, their hiring process, since the uh, they are very upset. Uh, about me being correct about Najee Harris. Apparently the people in, in Ann Arbor do not like other people being correct. And so I, I am out of the loop on that. I can say I did have a lot of influence with uh, John Beeline getting out of the University of Michigan. To be honest, I think it had a lot to do with the way uh, the University of Michigan has treated me recently. So he's out of there. He's got a job with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm so glad and happy for him. But uh, unfortunately, I did not have a lot of influence in the hiring of Jawan Howard. To be real honest with you, uh, you know, I've been friends with Juwan Howard for a long time since in the late eighties. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't think that's a great hire for the university of Michigan, but you know, good luck to him. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but you know, I just don't think it's a, it's a, uh, coincidence that once they, uh, no longer, uh, consult with me about the goings on in the athletic department, they do something like hire someone with, without any coaching experience at the college level. So we're going to see how that goes, but good luck to them, to them. And, uh, I'm going to take the high road and that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. That's a great way to end the podcast. Uh, that will wrap up this episode of the Champs Corner Podcast. Please subscribe on all podcast platforms. Make sure you're tweeting at Mark Jennings 55 to uh, submit some listener questions and, and any positive critiques you have of the podcast. Uh, want everybody to have a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend. Mark Jennings, thank you so much for joining us again this week. Drew, let's not take two weeks to do this next time. I love doing your podcast. Let's do it again real soon. All right. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. 